Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Uh, my name is David, and I am the pastor here at Redeemer. And today is week two in a series of messages we are doing on prayer, a series called Prayer School, where we are, are learning to pray. We're asking Jesus to teach us to pray. And, uh, and we're actually going to kick off today's message with a, a very practical video that I, I hope is helpful uh, that maybe you can use right after church today at lunch. So why don't we go ahead and let it roll. Today we're talking about pre-meal prayer. Very confusing subject. A lot of people don't know when to pray, what to pray for, how to pray, who prays. Hey, do you want me to, should I pray? You want to, should we pray? I don't know if, all very confusing. We're going to cover it all today. Let's get started. Chips and salsa. Sometimes they bring it to the table before you're even seated. There's no need to pray for that. Lots of people wonder about appetizers. Do you pray for them? Do you not pray for them? No prayer is necessary for an appetizer if you have entrees coming out later. Salad. That is the most confusing thing on the prayer continuum. If it's a side salad or an appetizer salad, no need for prayer there. Now, if it's a main course salad or you're bringing it out with the rest of everyone else's meal, that then is going to require some kind of prayer. But I put that kind of in a separate category. For the most part, when you're thinking about salads, just remember this. If it requires dressing, it doesn't require a blessing. Do I pray for coffee? No, are you a psychopath? No one wants to be next to the person at Starbucks that's praying over a latte, you weirdo. Soup, do you pray for soup? Do not pray for soup. It's only bowl-related soups. Anything smaller than that is always off the hook. I like to say if it comes in a cup, no need to lift up. Everyone knows if you order a hamburger, that's gonna require prayer. But if you order sliders, that does not require prayer. It's a little glitch in the system a lot of people are not aware of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was a joke. I hope we got that. Um, it was a, a fun way, uh, really, for us to segue into the greater conversation uh, today that we're going to have about how to pray, right? And uh, that guy was John Christ, if you don't know who that is. He's kind of like this Facebook Christian parody comedian guy. I think he's coming to Houston in not too long. And man, there was some take-homes there. If it comes in a cup, no need to lift up. If it requires dressing, no need for a blessing. I actually did some uh, work on this a couple of years ago because I was wondering, like, had anybody said anything? And I came across another one that was this, a little, a little guideline. If, if, your appetizer, if your appetizer has neither hide nor hair, that appetizer needs no prayer, right? <laughs> and so, so it's good. Uh, and, and really, um, the, the greater conversation that we're going to have this morning is how to pray. Uh, the practical, how do we actually pray? Uh, do you know how to pray? And um, I, I think um, that, that's actually a really relevant question because uh, while I know that most Christians really do want to pray, like, like we deeply desire to pray, what I also know, having spoken to people over the years, and even as I've experienced in, in my own life, is sometimes we don't feel like we know how to pray. Like, uh, we lack some confidence in it. We don't know how to work our way through it. Uh, sometimes prayer, uh, like I talked about last week, is something that is so natural and spontaneous. But when it comes to, like, certain settings um, and certain uh, contexts of regular habits of prayer, we just, we just don't feel like we know what we're doing. 
And, uh, and we lack confidence. Prayer is like this awkward piece of furniture in, in our house of faith, and we don't know how to lift it up, and we don't know how to navigate around with it. And, and I just know that a lot of people have had that experience and, and feel that way about prayer. And, and what I also know uh, is, is that because of that, I think that a lot of Christians actually carry around a, a, a low-grade level of guilt when it comes to, to prayer and, and their life. Like, they want to pray, but they don't pray like they feel they should or how they should or at all. And, uh, and there's a lot of people who are there. And let me, let me just clarify something in what we're trying to do here over the next few weeks. If that's you, and I know it is some of us, that we have this low-grade guilt about it, the last thing that we're trying to do here this morning is heap more guilt or shame on, on your prayer life, right? Guilt and shame are things that really take us away from the Lord. They're things that make us go inward, that put up our defenses. And it's, it's when we experience love and grace that we, we, ex, we experience what God wants us to experience. And that's particularly true in prayer. And so hear this truth full of grace about prayer. Whether or, not you, whether or not you pray like you should or you want to or at all, God, God still loves you and God is still for you, right? And your praying can't change that one bit. Whether you're good at it or you feel like you're bad, whether you don't pray at all doesn't change that one, one iota. God still loves you. He is for you. And prayer isn't something that we need to turn into one more law, one legalism that we have to live up to. Um, it is instead an invitation into a life with God. It's an extension of grace. And what we're trying to do in these weeks where we talk about prayer and learn about prayer is to remove the barriers, is to help ourselves experience this grace. So if you have questions about prayer, let's get them answered. If you feel clumsy in prayer, let's give you something to hold on to. And that's really what we're trying to do here this morning as we talk about how to pray. I want to give you guys something to hold on to, particularly that Jesus gave us to hold on to. So if you brought your Bible today, awesome. We're going to be in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. If you didn't, you can grab one in the chair in front of you. It's on page 843. It's also going to be on the screens, or if you want to get it in on your phone. Uh, this is one of Jesus' teachings in the Bible on the topic of prayer. And before we go ahead and read it, why don't we go ahead and bow our heads and pray? God, I, I thank you for this chance uh, this morning to read your word, to gather to try to understand this incredible gift uh, that is prayer, to, um, Lord, I, get, get our minds around it more, and, and even more than that, Father, I, I just pray that we are able to go away here this morning with a practical way to do it, uh, that, that you, would, you would give us something to anchor ourselves in, some, some pattern for prayer, and, and that this would be something that by the power of your Spirit, we, we would start or restart, or learn to do, and, and Lord, I just, I just pray that in that, uh, our, our relationship with you would deepen. We would love you more. We would trust you more. Um, we, we would know the riches and the blessings of prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Jesus, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Okay, this is Luke 11, verses 1 through 4. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, 
one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Okay, so first thing that you may be thinking, wondering, as we read that scripture is, uh, weren't those the words of what we know as the Lord's Prayer, right? Isn't that the kind of thing that we prayed, that we pray here in church? Uh, and if it was, why was it a little different than what, what we pray in church? You know, why was it missing pieces? Maybe you guys wondered that. Maybe you thought that as we read that. And, and here's the answer to that. Um, we've been praying it wrong our whole entire lives. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, it's actually very simple. There are two places in the Bible where Jesus uh, gives us the Lord's Prayer. One is here in Luke. The other one is in the Gospel of Matthew. And the version in the Gospel of Matthew is closer to the one that many of us have prayed for years growing up, closer to the one that Christians have prayed for centuries uh, since Jesus taught us to pray this uh, through, through the ages in worship. And, uh, and it appears here in, in Luke's Gospel um, Jesus is, is giving us another time when Jesus taught on this topic. The first time in Matthew, it was actually part of the Sermon on the Mount, the famous block of teaching where Jesus gave these words. Here in Luke, it appears Jesus is teaching on the same topic in a slightly different way uh, and, and using a slightly different form of the Lord's Prayer. Okay, so that, guys kind of got that, settles uh, that issue. Here's, here's what I... Um, I want to do, I want to track with Jesus' answer, and, and I want to try to convince you all of something that, that you probably have not thought of or realized when it comes to the Lord's Prayer, because the way that we have, many of us have learned the Lord's Prayer is, is as, um, as a ritual. It's something that we say regularly in a certain way as a part of worship. It's not bad, uh, that's just how it has come to us, but here's what I want to try to convince you of. The Lord's Prayer is actually more of a rhythm than it is a ritual. What Jesus is doing in giving us this answer is he's giving us more of a rhythm for prayer than a ritual that we are supposed to do in a particular way. In, in other words, what, what, I, what I'm going to try to help you guys see is that Jesus is actually giving his disciples a guide for prayer, a structure for prayer, a template for prayer, and particularly prayer in, in a daily, regular way that we meet with God. I think that is what he is intending to do when he answers the, the, the question, how should we pray? Um, and, and I recognize that that's a new idea for a lot of us. We've never thought of the Lord's Prayer like that. And it may be an idea that some of us are not sure about. Because honestly, when you read the scripture uh, and you read it literally, it sounds like Jesus is saying the opposite. Like these are specific words that we are supposed to say. Because the disciples, a, a disciple comes to him and says, teach us to pray. And in verse 2, this is what he says. When you pray, say... And then these are the specific words that follow, right? So isn't, aren't we supposed to say these words when we pray, right? That's, that's intuitively what we think. But I don't think that that's what's going on here. And let me try to convince you why. Here's the first reason. Jesus prayed in, in other times in the Bible, and he did not use these specific words. 
Okay, we actually have six recorded prayers of Jesus in the Bible, and none of them are the same. The words Jesus prays from the cross are different from the words Jesus prays before he raises up Lazarus from the dead, which are different than the words Jesus prays uh, when he is with the disciples in the upper room. In each different scenario, Jesus prays different words, and he doesn't use these words of the Lord's Prayer. So he's, he himself is using other words. Here's the second reason. Um, there's actually some really helpful cultural background information that most of us would not be familiar with. Jewish people in, in Jesus' day, which is who Jesus was and all his disciples, had, had two forms of daily prayer that they, that they did and practiced every day. And, and the first... Um, was something called the Shema. I've talked about that here before. This was a declaration of who God was and what their relationship was to God. It's from the book of De Deuteronomy, and it's this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And then it was, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. And pious Jews uh, would pray that actually a number of times throughout the days. And that was the first form of prayer. The second form of prayer is, is one that actually most people are not familiar with unless you're from a, a Jewish background. And it's called the 18 Benedictions. These uh, are also known as the 18. And the 18 is something that, that Jewish folks would pray throughout the day, uh, sometimes a couple of times. But, but um, benediction literally means a good word. And what it was was 18 good words that Jewish people would pray, would pray to God. And, uh, and they would begin, the first one begins with the phrase, Blessed are you, O Lord. And then following that, the next 17, it's actually 18, uh, end with the phrase, blessed are you, O Lord. It was 18 of these benedictions. And just to give you an example of part of the first one, it's this. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, our shield through the ages. And, they, and it goes a little longer, but that, that's the first of the 18 benedictions. Here's, here's an example of the sixth. Blessed are you, O Lord, who forgives. Forgive us our sins against you. Does that sound familiar at all? Yeah, there are 18 different ones of those, and what would happen is the Jewish rabbis would teach the 18 benedictions to, to Jewish folks, but they'd also teach them then to expand on, on these benedictions. So they would pray these specific words, but these specific words would then prompt all these folks to, to pray on the same topic, but in their own words with the stuff going on in their own lives. What, what they, these benedictions did is they served as a focal point for prayer as people prayed daily to God. And so if they were to use the sixth benediction, uh, blessed are you, O Lord, who forgives, what that person would then do is, is work through uh, the things that they needed forgiveness for in their daily lives. They would pray and ask God for forgiveness for all the places that they had messed up. And, and so here is where this is relevant. Maybe, maybe you're seeing it. When the disciples ask Jesus, teach us to pray, what is very likely happening here is that they're saying, uh, would you teach us to pray our, your take on the 18 benedictions, right? How, how do we pray the 18? What's your way of doing it? How do we bless God? And, and, and notice how in the first thing that Jesus says when he instructs them how to pray he, he actually says uh, something that sounds like a benediction. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed, blessed, is one way to understand that, be your name. And then he goes through and notes things that sound like others of the 18 benedictions. This 
is very likely uh, Jesus talking to his disciples about the 18 benedictions. Here's the last reason um, it really clarifies this. In the other version of the Lord's Prayer in the Bible, Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13, when Jesus gives these instructions, uh, he doesn't say, this is what you should say when you pray. He says, this is how you should pray. It's not what, it's how, right? So in, in, in Matthew 6, verse 9, he says, this then is how you should pray, and then he gives the Lord's Prayer, right? And so, so what that means, you put all that together, and, and I think what, what, what we understand the Lord's Prayer to be is more of a rhythm than a ritual for prayer. It's, it's a structure. It's a guide. It's Jesus saying, if you want to pray every day, this, this is a pattern for, for doing that. And, and that's really, I think, the, the better understanding of what the Lord's Prayer is. Now, let me also say, that doesn't mean that it's not um, something that we ought to say in these specific words. I think to reject it in that way would, would also be an error. Uh, I think we should say the Lord's Prayer often, regularly, and always with our hearts engaged in it. I think it's hard to improve on these words, right? These are ones that Jesus himself gave to us. I love how when we say the Lord's Prayer, uh, you know, every time we do this, that, that we connect with the faith that stretches across oceans and cultures and time, and, and we say things that Christians have been saying uh, since, since Jesus taught them to pray in this way. We connect back to this very scripture. It's just a beautiful thing. But, but, but I think what we have to understand is that it's freeing to recognize that here is Jesus offering us a pattern for prayer. Here is, is Jesus saying, this is a guide for your regular prayers. Use it. And doesn't, doesn't that make sense when you think about what we already have studied and, and talked about about prayer last week? That prayer is essentially the way that we have a relationship with God. And so it, it, it's not some magical incantation. It's not words that we have to say verbatim. These, these, are, uh, these are, are words that, that Jesus is offering us to help be a conversation guide to walk us in our daily relationship with, with, with God. And so it doesn't matter so much whether we say, forgive us our trespasses or forgive us our sins. What matters is that we are seeking forgiveness with, with God. Uh, the, the Lord's Prayer isn't a straitjacket that's supposed to bind us. Jesus is offering us wings to fly with in, in this prayer. And, and that's really... Uh, what I want you guys to see, Jesus, when asked, teach us how to pray by his disciples, said, here, and he gave us a guide. And so this is where this is going to get really practical. Uh, this is the first thing I want you guys to take home uh, when you think about regular prayer in your own life, and it's this. <clears throat> when you pray regularly, you should have a structure. When, when you think about your, your habit of prayer, your regular pattern of prayer, do it with a structure. I think that is the heart of what Jesus is saying. If you want to pray daily, you need a guide for that conversation, a pattern, a path to walk down. And, um, and, and so take a moment and just think about your prayer life. You know, ha have you ever sat down and not known what to say, right? Have you ever struggled to know where to go in prayer? So, some of us may not have trouble with, but I, I, with that, but I know that a lot of us do, and, and a structure is going to walk you through that. Uh, if you have a structure, that's great. 
If you don't, uh, I want to offer you one based on Jesus' words. So here's what I want you to do. In the back of the chair in front of you is a, is a bookmark. Uh, in the pocket, there is a bookmark. And it looks like this. <clears throat> it says pray on it, right? And, uh, and that's yours. I want you guys to keep that. I want you to, to take it home, to put it in your Bible. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to help you get one. Um, this, this is a template for your praying based on the Lord's Prayer. It's an acronym called PRAY. And it is, as it says, a simple way to pray every day. Um, some of us may be familiar with prayer acronyms, have used them before. Uh, one well-known one is ACTS. Another one is PARTS. My personal favorite is WHOOPS, <laughs> which, which, which is worship, obedience, opportunity, praise, and supplication. But it's like, whoops, I'm praying, you know. Um, and, and I don't really think that any of them are any better than any others. But I'm offering you this one uh, b- because I, I really like its simplicity. I love um, how there's an aspect in it at the end to yield, which is a really important aspect of the Lord's Prayer. And, uh, and I like how when you see the word pray, the acronym reminds you the very action you were aiming at, right? So this is the one that I'm offering you. If you've got one that you like already, it's fine. I just want you to have a structure. But here's how it works. The first uh, thing that you do in prayer is you praise. And this comes directly uh, from our scripture. Our Father, we add who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? And so uh, w- what I have here is in the guide is it says what you're doing is, is you are during this time giving praise and thanks for, for who God is, for what God has done, and what God is doing in your life, right? And, and the, the idea is that when we enter into pray, prayer, it's really just great to, to, to recognize the awesomeness of what's happening, that we are having communication, a relationship with, with the living God of the universe, right? And just to share my own experience here, when I was in college, I kind of uh, just did this accidentally one time, but it's stuck with me ever since. Um, instead of just going right into prayer and praying, uh, I, I didn't have words at one point when, when I was praying, and so I just stopped, and I didn't say anything for a while. And, 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 and what, I, what I learned to do is, is actually do that repeatedly because what I, I noticed that it did in my heart is it, it just quieted me. It, it made me step outside of like what I could see and taste and touch and recognize that there was a whole other element to my life, a, a living God who I could speak to at any moment. And I was doing that. I, I was recognizing that moment. I was quieting the other things in my life and stepping into this present moment with, with God. And what I experienced in, in, in doing that is that prayer became less of just some words that I needed to work through, but I, I recognized my conversation partner. Right, I, I understood that, that I was speaking to the living God and that this was an awesome experience. And then I could begin in that humble position to praise God and thank God for this, for this chance to be there and for all the things he was doing in my life and to boldly proclaim that I do have a relationship with God. That's how Jesus begins. Our Father who is in heaven. That's an important aspect of this prayer. And it's, it's really the first way uh, that, that it begins. Here's the second piece of it, repent. 
Uh, this comes from verse uh, from the Lord's Prayer in the Scriptures. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. You know, we have been um, teaching our, our kids uh, a pattern of prayer for, for, for a few years now. And, and it's interesting. They, they do pretty good with the, the praise part. Like, they, they kind of get that. They like to say, God, you are awesome. And then, and then, and then and usually that's about it. But, uh, but, but when they get to this, like, repent, repent bit, it's really funny. Like, more often than not, they'll just, like, sit there for a second and be like, uh, I didn't do anything wrong today, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so Shannon and I are just like, what, you know? And we're praying, right? Got to guard our hearts there. Um, but uh, what Shannon is re- really good at at this point um, is, is she will have the kids kind of walk through their day. Like, think about what happened in the morning and in the afternoon and at school and at home. And, and when, when they do that, what I find, what we find, is they tend to suddenly remember a bit better, right? Oh, yeah, I lost my screen time because Dad asked me six times to do something, and I still didn't do it, right? And, uh, and, and, and when, they, when they remember that, there's always this, like, moment of recognition. Like, oh, yeah, there was a time when I didn't get it right, like, where, where I did mess up. And, and there's this softening of, of their hearts, when that happens, and, and what, what, what I observe in the best moments of prayer with my kids is, is, that, is that that softening of heart makes space for God to work, right? They see their need for forgiveness. They, they see a God who does forgive and who does come alongside them and wants them to, to do better. And, and certainly this is different from, for three to eight-year-olds in my house than it is for adults. But, but I want to tell you, I, I think actually the, the same principle is, is really in application for you and me. If, if we take time during these moments to just kind of work through our day and think through the events and the emotions, I think what, what we'll do is we'll gain enough self-awareness to see, man, I did miss the mark there. I, I, I did sin. And, and, and we can see, oh, you know, I'm not seeing the other side of that like I need to. Or I was, I was angry when I spoke to that person. And that same uh, awareness will lead to the same softening of our hearts, and we will, we will then see our need for God and desire that forgiveness and want to do better and receive that forgiveness. And, um, and, and in doing so, as the, the other bit of this scripture says, it's not only forgive us our sins, it's forgive others who have sinned against us. That softening of heart will enable us to, to turn to those also who are in our lives and offer them the same forgiveness that we receive. And, and that's just really important. Um, okay, here's, here's the next one, ask. And uh, this comes from the verse, give us today our daily bread, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know, we didn't actually read the whole passage in Luke uh, for the sake of time, but this is actually a, a, a beautiful passage on prayer in, in a lot of ways. And after Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer, actually, he goes through three different separate ideas where he's teaching the disciples to ask and urging them to ask, uh, that they should be bold in asking and constant in asking God for good things. And I just want to read you, it's actually what Patrick read to the kids, but this is, these are the words that he says right after he teaches the Lord's Prayer. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. 
For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of your fathers? And remember, he's just taught us to pray, our father, right? Which of your fathers, if your sons ask you for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, and remember, we just recognized our need for forgiveness, but if we still know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more is, is our Father in heaven, who is good, going to give the Holy Spirit the good things of the kingdom to those, to those who love him? And, and what Jesus is really driving home here for us is that we, we need to boldly ask our Father for the things we need in our, in our lives, for those things that are part of our daily bread, uh, for our needs, for the needs of others. And, and, and I, would, I would add, this is also where God can do some work. And, and, and as it says on this guide, be sure to pray for deeper things, personal transformation, guidance, wisdom, in all things to be more like Jesus. And, uh, and that's what we're after. Like we boldly should come to God and asking for the good things of the kingdom. That's what Jesus teaches us to do here. Here's the last one, yield. This comes from the verses, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the first bit of the guide says, yield your will to God's will. And I really think that's the heart of what Jesus is saying here. And there's, there's really two kinds of, of yielding, and, and, and at least in my experience of this. And, and the first is active, right? We're actively yielding. We are praying for God's kingdom to come. And in order for that to happen, we recognize that we have to put aside our own kingdoms and our own will and our, our own desires. And, and we can see the things, oftentimes, that God's trying to do in our lives. And this is the space in prayer where we allow them to happen. So here's a really powerful sentence I'll offer you guys to pray. Uh, I will yield blank. I will yield blank. And oftentimes we know exactly how we need to fill in that, that blank, but it's, it, it can be this, I will yield my anxieties about, about having enough for the promise of your provision, right? That, that's just a simple phrase we can pray during prayer. I will, I will yield my anger about this person or that situation to, to seek your greater understanding, to seek uh, the heart of forgiveness that you have for this person, Right? If we, if we want something, but we sense that God isn't wanting us, wanting it in the same way for us, I will yield my desire for this thing for the promise of something better for you, right? And, and those are really powerful prayers. Um, that's active yielding. The second yielding is passive. And, uh, and it's the second bit on, on, of the guide. Trust in God's goodness and love. Be open to God's leading. Take these last moments in prayer and be silent, and, and listen, right? And, and, and what is true about prayer is, is, is it's a relationship. It's a conversation. And sometimes we just need to be done talking, and, and we need to listen. And I'm not going to say too much about that here. Don't have time for that this morning. But, but I think what you'll experience is if you, if you make space, and you yield your heart, and, and you say what people have often said in the scriptures, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, you will be surprised at how often that, that, that space, that, that quietness, God will speak into, all right? I want to offer you guys one final really practical thought, and it's in this scripture, and I don't want you to miss it. I think it's really significant who is asking Jesus 
teach us to pray. Right? Do you guys remember who that was? It's the disciples, right? Uh, Verse 11, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, right? It's the disciples that come to Jesus and ask him to teach them to pray, and that's significant because you would think if anybody knew how to pray, it would be the disciples, wouldn't it? I mean, these were guys who were with Jesus every single day. And these, these guys being Jewish, right, they would have learned to pray their whole lives. They would have been praying. And yet, here they are, still feeling like they don't know exactly how they ought to pray. Still wanting something more. And so let me just say this. If you don't feel great about your prayer life, isn't there grace in knowing that the disciples didn't feel like they were, had arrived too? And, and, and here is what this suggests to me about prayer, and I really want you guys to, to, to hold on to this. Our, our our, your prayer life might always be a work in progress. I, I think that's something we've, we've got to understand. With prayer, we may never feel like we've arrived or we've gotten there or we are where we want to be. Uh, and, and if prayer is more about a relationship than a, than, than, than a ritual, right, it, it's probably also then more about the journey than the destination. And, and that makes sense. But, but here's what I'll also say to you. Uh, our lives, our, our, your prayer life might always be a work in progress, but you got to start somewhere, okay? <laughs> you still should start. The disciples are still asking, Lord, teach us to pray. They're pursuing it. And, uh, and I think it's helpful to think about it like this. This last week, uh, one of our Redeemer staff celebrated a massive accomplishment, and that was Mary Lee Stagner uh, hit gold at Camp Gladiator. Seen, also seen on Facebook, right? And, uh, <laughs> and, and what Camp Gladiator is, if you don't know what that is, it's just a thing where you go and you work out in the mornings uh, at, at, I think, a middle school in the, in the area. And, and when you hit gold, it means you've done it 250 times, which is crazy and uh, a huge accomplishment because speaking to Mary Lee, for that to happen, that means... Uh, 250 times over the last year and a half or something, I don't know, she has gotten up at 4 a.m. to work out. Uh, and, 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 and I'm sure that was really hard to start, and I'm sure that was really hard to keep going, but she kept with it, and she's done it, and, and we're, uh, we're, really, we're really happy for you, Mary Lee. I mean, it's awesome. And, uh, and there are a lot of people who work out in here, and man, I'm so impressed by you guys. And when I hear stories... Uh, I, I just, uh, you hear that and you're like, man, I wish that I wanted to work out just a little bit like they do, right? Uh, and, and I look at my own life and my diet of like, uh, well, in my diet, uh, but also my diet of just a little bit, uh, most weeks some basketball and maybe a daily burn video. And I'm like, I really do need to do more. And so I realized I got to start somewhere, right? I've got to change up the game. And so instead of, uh, this is David's small steps forward, instead of getting up at four to go to Camp Gladiator, I have gotten up at six and done something called a three-minute plank. Anybody know what that is? Yeah? They're horrible. Um, and, and they're terrible. I could not do three minutes. Uh, and and there, a plank is where you get down on the ground like this, and then for the next three minutes you writhe in agony and scream and yell. And, uh, and anyways, um, 
uh, I've been doing them, and they have been really hard, but after it's actually been three weeks now, they've gotten easier, right? I've been able to, to do longer. You guys know this. Just like for Mary Lee, I'm sure it was really hard at the beginning, and it gets easier over time, even though every time it is still not something you love doing, waking up at 4 a.m., right? But to get from here to there, you got to start somewhere, right? And, and I, what I, what I want to tell you guys, it's the same thing with prayer, Right? Prayer is a muscle, and we grow it by using it. We get better at praying by, guess what? Praying, right? And you may not ever feel like you're going to be there, but you've got to start somewhere with prayer. And after a month of, of trying this and maybe being spotty, after three months of getting a little better, after six months, a year, I think what you're going to discover is that a habit of prayer that you work on and you start somewhere with, wherever that is, is going gonna, is gonna to lead to a pretty incredible, inspiring result. You're going to find a much deeper relationship with God in your lives, and it's going to be worth it. And that's what I'm praying for, for all of you. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word and your teaching. Um, Lord, that is even more practical and helpful than, than I know I saw for years. And I just, I just want to thank you for the way that you come and you meet us wherever, wherever we are. You offer us tremendous grace. And I just pray as the Holy Spirit moves us, uh, Lord, that we as your children pray to our good Father, to have a deeper relationship with you, you would come alongside us and help us to get there. Lord, I pray that we would all start exactly where we are and you would meet us and show us your grace and we would get to know you and have greater faith through prayer. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen.